every morning. Arabile Gumede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. It's just gone 7.50. Let's uh, take a look at some news here making headlines as well right now. Uh, news just in, of course, is uh, Goldfields coming out with a set of earnings as well. Now that's their full year. The reviewed results for the year ended 31st December 2018. Things not looking too great on this front. If you take a look and uh, review some of the results they're coming through from them, Goldfields Limited is, uh, announces a normalized profit from continuing operations of 27 million US dollars. That's for the year ended December 2018. That's compared to a normalized profit of 154 million US dollars for the year ended December 2017. They did declare a dividend. Um, so it was uh, payable then on 18th, the 18th of March as well. Uh, 40 cents per share, that is, uh, as well for the 2018 financial year. The PGM space seems to be doing well. Gary Boyson, portfolio manager at Rand Swiss, but the gold sector seems to have gotten some sort of pummeling. Yes, again, gold prices have been under enormous amount of pressure, and, and we're starting to see that feed through into the, the likes of gold fields. So what I think one of the uh, real benefits the, to Sabania is that they've now really shifted away from pure gold production. And uh, you know, just to, if you look at the PGM basket, it's not so much platinum that's been the, the driver of that, but the palladium and other group metals that have, have really appreciated platinum still very, very subdued. So gold fields obviously very, very still still focused on, on, on gold. The majority of it is. It's, it's still a very much a gold company. And uh, this is impacting results. So a lot of this was expected because uh, they, we did get uh, the, the, the fairly negative trading out, uh, update <coughs> earlier in Feb. But uh, overall, yeah, I think this uh, the stock might take a little bit of a hit on this uh, market open. Yeah, and it's really not just this stock, right? A lot of these gold companies have really been, been struggling of late. And, and you've mm-hmm. seen that in either their trading updates or their results. Uh, as they put them forward, so it certainly hasn't been uh, hasn't been a pretty time for them. Yeah. So, so again, a lot of this uh, the, the pain that's been taken was uh, you know was largely as a result of strike action at at South Deep, which is uh, kind of the, the the flagship South African mine. Mm. Yeah. All right. Certainly hurting there. Uh, another one of keen interest, and this is a company that just can't catch a break. Everything just seems to be going in the wrong direction for them. MTN stating that their CEO in Uganda. Uh, Val Helaput, if I'm saying that correctly, my apologies, has been deported from the country. MTN has been notified on the grounds of the for uh, of the grounds for the deportation and is working hard to establish precise reasons for it. Uh, they are concerned as well about the developments and are engaging with authorities, as they say. Their focus continues to be on delivering the best quality products and services, etc., <coughs> etc. Et but a whole CEO to be deported out of a country. That's that's absolutely serious. No, it's definitely serious. And but again, you've got to look at uh, how much negativity is priced into MTN share price. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we, we've understand there's been issues in Uganda for a while. Um, it is, you know, we, we're just coming off the back of uh, kind of the settlement of the the CBN litigation in Nigeria as well. So it's. It's a difficult company to value at this stage because if you actually look at the underlying earnings in the businesses, um, you have to agree that MTN is incredibly cheap. Um, and there's a lot of risk that's being priced into the, into the company. So when you see a, a, like a headline like this, uh, you, know, you understand that there are problems in that country as well. I don't know if it's going to move the needle too much in terms of the share price. Uh, what I do think, though, is that uh, looking at, at the underli- each underlying business and, and going into a deep dive of, of, the, of the company, uh, when we come to 
to to you sort of the full year 2018 results, uh, which will be released in March, I think we're going to get a very very positive surprise because the market is not expecting much. Um, we see. Uh, potentially a dividend of, of, of 500 share coming out of MTN. Um, we see very solid solid EBITDA, uh, EBITDA growth. Um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, our, our diluted headline earnings uh, estimate is going to be a, just, just above 500 uh, a share, which is going to represent 183% year-on-year growth. So for us, we believe that MTN is coming right underneath. And I think you're going to be surprised when the results come out in March. But... It's a company that is priced for failure because it because certainly be, looks that because way. Be, and it's because of the the continually bad news coming out of the difficult mm. geographies in which they operate. So any any positivity is a sense of a win for MTN. It's also for for me and and I, I really think that this that there's a compelling buy case for MTN at the moment is that it's also one of the most shorted stocks in our market. So mm. if we do get a positive set of results coming out in in March, you might see an unwind, which we, we, traders will call a short squeeze, yeah. where suddenly those short positions are forced to buy back. Uh, their script and you get a, an, an enormous pop so let's let's watch let's watch for it in march when, when mtn results come out i think uh, i think we're going to be very positively surprised i certainly hope so it, it, it's it's gone through the wars of <laughs> <laughs> one can definitely say that and it may not even just be the south african market but really across the board whether it be in iran uganda nigeria all those difficult markets certainly have been ones that mtn has faulted through so we'll see how things fare uh, on that front I've got a fun fact, yes, but I'm worried that this might not apply to you because you don't drink alcohol. So Gary and I might be the only ones having to participate in this conversation. Hey, I'm but keen you to can, look. I'm keen to just cheer <laughs> you guys on. <laughs> Presenter, so, I do not drink either. <laughs> <laughs> you see? Presenter, you're the only one. You and Pete will do it. How's that? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so the Wall Street Journal has an article titled How to Decode a Wordy Wine Label. So, have you ever walked past, well, I'll ask Gary this, uh, and perhaps yourself, I'm sure you've bought a bottle of wine for someone as a gift, right? Yes, no, maybe? I've just had bottles of wine in my household. I don't think I've actually bought a bottle. Okay, you may have seen these yes. kinds of uh, yes. things. So, maybe the wine will have a name such as Private Reserve or Hand Selected Lots oh. or one of those, f- to make yes. it sound a little more fancy and that kind of stuff. So, this, uh, um, the journalist who wrote this particular article has just discovered that in the U.S., as long as you stick to um, the basic rules on labeling that are dictated by the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau's rules, you can pretty much embellish and call things reserve, even though they may not necessarily be a reserve. It could just be a normal $13 bottle of wine. Um and she's actually found something similar as well when it comes to countries like Argentina. They also tend to use um, words that are a little bit puffed up. And I'm curious then, after reading this article, I'd love to have a wine expert on the show to tell us what the basic terminology mean, like a private reserve. Like yeah. what went through all of that and how do I distinguish whether something is of good quality just about or giving not. your best foot forward i suppose right and just faking it till you make it i suppose as well <laughs> I, I don't know yeah because you get well, you get the, the, the old platter's guide and then you, you look at it and there's this very specific ways mm. they, 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 each word you think it's just like oh well it's a nutty kind of cho- <laughs> chocolate overtones with a, but, but each of those words you know it, yeah. they, there's almost a spectrum of words yeah. that describe each one and it you know when you read the, that back label as you say i mean it's a very specific thing and, and when you see the wine experts 
as, as you say, actually tasting this. I mean, they can tell you which this this bottle. You know, with you know, you take off the labels, they'll say, oh, this bottle was, you know, it's an, a 1982 bottle from this farm. I mean, it's unbelievable what they can do. This is all from grapes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying these are all just grapes that they've made into. A million odd different variations. It's absolutely crazy what people can do, actually, uh, when you when you think about it. So yeah, so I think that would be a fun discussion. How do you know whether you're buying a good bottle of wine here, even if you have a limited budget? Yeah, it would be interesting because why not just get a normal bottle of wine? I have my own theory that I don't think applies to everyone else. I have my own mechanism of how mm-hmm. I decide. Okay, we'll so. share that when we get the guest then, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Very quickly as well, to, to just close off, here's a big one, and does that uh, impact South Africa somewhat. Airbus saying they're going to scrap production of their A380 Super Jumbo as sales begin to slump. They, of course, do have uh, some uh, exports of the A380 here in South Africa as well. The company will build 17 more of these four-engined four engined aircrafts, uh, including 14 just for Emirates. So you can imagine just another three for somebody else. The other 14 are for, for Emirates. Uh, with the last one to be delivered then in 2021, they're done. Pretty much this was uh, meant to, you know, take over from the A, uh, what was it now, the 737, remember, the, because from Boeing, those were those were flagships. And it seems that this has, however, uh, was, was keen to take that over. But now it seems to be uh, in the space of another shakeup. So instead, they're going to try to boost the new smaller A350 and A330neo which will then come into effect as well. So we'll continue to see how things go for Airbus, an executive decision there by the... Um, Horns, uh company as well. So yes, Gary is so excited. He gets to just tell us the time <laughs> in a couple it's of the seconds. The best part of the He's show. So excited. <laughs> but folks, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for joining us as well on Classic Business Breakfast with MoneyWeb. It's goodbye from myself, Arabi Lekumete, and from Nastasia Arensa. Goodbye. It's eight o'clock.